0: You're listening to Don't Waste Water.
1: We are really trying to have this strategic and long-term approach. So not only to consider project development and implementation, but really to consider what will be the future operation for the coming 10 or 15 years?
0: Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Ways Swallow podcast.
1: Just by changing some pumping regimes and by changing some hydraulic technical items of the network, we were really able to show that it was possible to decrease the energy spending by 20 to 30%. I'm
0: your host, Antoine Valter, and in today's episode, I'm so happy to welcome Stéphane Bessadi as my guest. It's
1: a very important aspect to our project, so to bring value for money by bringing the best technology at the best cost possible.
0: Stefan is Senior Procurement Specialist for the Asian Development Bank.
1: A lot of other aspects of the economy, of the welfare of the population are really linked to the water condition.
0: ADB, its short name you'll hear quite a lot in the next minutes, commits to a prosperous, inclusive, resilient and sustainable Asia and Pacific region. Urbanization ticks at a high pace in the Asia-Pacific region, with 65% of the population that's expected to live in cities. Water and wastewater infrastructures will have to adapt, and this has consequences. Without even considering water, the region will soon represent 40% of the world's greenhouse gas emissions, a number that's still to increase if we factor in the future energy needs of the newly created water infrastructures. Hence, the Asian Development Bank is at the same time a big contributor to the transition, as it invests about $1 billion every year in water supply and wastewater management projects, and is a front row observer with a wealth of data to leverage. This is how, as Stefan will explain, they've developed a screening tool for the energy evaluation of projects that ensures that the best decisions are taken today to build a sustainable infrastructure for the decades to come. If you want to review the tool while listening to Stefan's explanations, check the show notes. I've placed a link there to both the publication and the Excel tool. For now, let me remind you that we will have five future interviews on that podcast that will address the water sector's carbon emissions and positioning in the race to net zero. And I'll have the same five speakers on stage with me for the Global Water Summit in Madrid. If you want a complete overview, head over to dw.show/carbon. And of course, if you don't want to miss any of these conversations, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, and you'll notice how it's even better if you share it with your friends or colleagues i let you share it, and I'll meet you on the other side. You're listening to Don't Waste Water, the podcast that helps water professionals to improve their wastewater treatment, optimize their operation costs, and keep up with the latest market trends. This podcast is brought to you by GF Piping Systems. As a leading supplier of piping systems made of plastics and metal, GF Piping Systems is the global expert for the safe and reliable transportation of water, chemicals, and gas. For more information, visit gfps.com.
1: Hi, Stefan. Welcome to the show. Hi, Antoine. Thank you very much.
0: We have a full plate of topics for today, and I'm really excited to discover what you do with the Asian Development Bank in the field of this race to zero carbon. Mm -hmm. And to go a bit deeper into the topics we might have touched when we were on scene in Madrid for the Global Water Summit. But right before, I have a tradition on that microphone, which is to open with a postcard. And you're sending today your postcard from Manila. What can you tell me about Manila, which I would ignore by now?
1: Thank you first, Antoine, for this, this opportunity. Um, so Manila, it's a very big city, uh, first uh, to, to start with, very uh, dynamic city um located in one of the main islands of the, of the Philippines so it's where uh, the Asian Development Bank has its headquarters since now many years and so we are really at the at the heart of uh, Asia and the Pacific in order to build and finance and manage also support our uh, developing member country clients to improve the life of the poor and the vulnerable especially in Asia and the Pacific.
0: You're a senior procurement specialist for the Asian Development Bank. What does that role encompass?
1: First, before to join ADB, uh, I had about 16 years of experience in the private sector. And in ADB, I'm bringing my expertise that I, I built while developing uh, water and urban projects in many uh, different cities in Asia, like Mumbai, Jakarta, uh, Jeddah and many other uh, other cities. So uh, I was physically uh, based in Asia and the, and the Pacific for many years. So uh, that's why I was not only traveling there, but I was really living in in, in the cities for many years. So I have really, um, I think, good building expertise and experience to develop and manage complex projects. I think it's what was interesting for ADB uh, that I joined since uh, five years now. And I'm uh, contributing, bringing my expertise and my experience in order to build more efficient, more inclusive and more climate friendly water and wastewater projects specially. Not only, but let's say especially because it's my field of expertise. But of course, IDB is also working in a lot of different sectors as energy or transport, health, education, and many other sectors. So we may say that maybe just to add a few points, or it may sound a little bit new uh, that, that we are considering climate aspect in water, but I feel for myself that at the end of the day, maybe we are naming it differently today, but we are already doing that since many years. Because in my different position, most of my work was uh, to contribute to deliver a better service uh, to customer by Minimizing water losses, for example, by minimizing energy spending. We were already, since many years, contributing to the, this climate impact that, that are, of course, uh, with the climate crisis, uh, formalizing uh, much more uh, in a visible way since some time.
0: Actually, on these climate and, uh, and environment topics, you've been writing and publishing a screening tool for the energy evaluation of projects, so STEEP. And you've done that together with Rodney Chapin, Alexandra Conroy, and Alvin Plaza. And that is going to be our deep dive for today. But I'd like to understand the context. Why did you launch this initiative? And how can you describe the full thing in maybe two sentences?
1: When I joined ADB, uh, I had the chance to uh, to travel uh, very different places, uh, let's say from, from Georgia to uh, PRC to Nepal up to the, the Pacific Islands in order to visit and to support uh, many water utilities. And we were very uh, concerned by the fact that very often, so uh, the water distribution, water production issues were combining water delivery difficulties with energy spending. To give you some examples, in some of the utility we've visited, the energy budget was very significant for the water distribution. And of course, it was going in parallel with water distribution conditions. Very high non-revenue water, very bad network conditions. And finally, very bad service delivery to the customers. So that's why we really started to think that it would be really important to combine these initiatives. And we had a concept and an initial collaboration with IWC and we did an initial field testing in Vietnam. And finally, we continued to develop this on a project that we were developing in PRC and Georgia, where we were asked to bring low energy solution. So finally, we developed a beta version, let's say. So that was developed and tested in PRC in Georgia and in Kiribati, in the Pacific. And we were able really to formalize the tool because it was the best solution to share the initiative for everybody to really understand what we wanted to to, to achieve. So finally, we formalized the, the, the tool and the knowledge product. And we were able to present it in an energy uh, forum in 2019, uh, developed by ADB. And finally, we had an external publication and a tool launch in 2020.
0: So the tool looks at the existing situation of a plant or utility and then gives some hints at how you can make that better or differently. I'm really oversimplifying it right now. But, but from the, the very beginning of it, how does the tool assess the base Situation.
1: We are compiling uh, different indicators for water and for wastewater. So there, there is first a data collection phase that is quite uh, reasonable in order to compile and to really understand what is the basic of the water utility or the plant or the network condition and context. With this data, we are able to compare the, the KPI and the indicator with existing system and benchmark. And what is really very uh, interesting is that it gives a guidance in the different aspects of the water utility or uh, management. So it's not only energy KPI, but it's also operational KPI or managerial KPI in order really to have a, a good understanding of how the, the utility or the infrastructure works and By comparing this indicator and this data to the benchmark that are existing in the, in the system, uh, we are able to really identify key issues and to recommend. So best practice and to recommend practical action to change and to act on this issue that is identified.
0: So the tool gives recommendation, but it is published from the Asian Development Bank. So do you have a way to to enforce it, to enforce a recommendation and to tell the people actually beyond the recommendation, you shall really do it?
1: What is really um, innovative in the approach is that it's really uh, force the user uh, to think about the planned energies of the future infrastructure and the future project. So it's not always the case. So in our case, it is very uh, significant because it's really forced to consider what will be the future energy spending. And is it possible? Is it reasonable to have such energy spending? As you know, in project development, it's not always uh, the same entity who is uh, in charge of the project development and the project operation. So. We think it's very important to have this tool at the project strategic preparation phase because you have to consider the project globally and not only for its preparation, but also for its implementation. I want also to add that it's not really useful, uh, I will say, or efficient to force the user to to use uh, the Steep tool. So it's not prescriptive. But what we are highlighting is that it is really building the future uh, sustainability of the water system because it's building the financial sustainability because the energy level is optimized and so the future energy spending is optimized. But it's also building the future technical sustainability because very often too high energy spending at the end of the day are not operated anymore because of lack of uh, financial resources. So uh, the project is not run on the long term. So we are, just to to answer your your question very practically, we have very uh, pedagogic uh, and uh, socialization approach. That's why also it's very important for us to be present in uh, in this event developed by uh, GWS today, because it's really a way for us to socialize the tool and the approach. The tool is free. So it's really uh, something that uh, has been developed by uh, Asian Development Bank and that is uh, provided for free uh, to, uh, to its DMC uh, clients and to the public. And really, we what we are interested with, as you know, ADB has the ambition to be the climate bank uh, in Asia and, and the Pacific. And it's really uh, to develop good practice and sustainable approach for all the the utilities who are willing to apply it.
0: So first, for the one listening to that, the link to the tool is in the show notes. So you can have a look for yourself. You will see that there is an explanation around the tool and the the, the tool itself. It's an an Excel format. I was able to play with it. So I guess someone with, with a brain, which is not me, might be able to use it even better. You mentioned how that tool will help you to work on the strategic planning of a project. And I'm wondering if you have some examples to share of cases where having applied that tool changed your approach to the project and changed the way you designed the project.
1: We have some very practical examples where we use the tool uh, to define the future um, energy level of the, of the water or wastewater system. So, for example, we have used it in our PPP preparation, so public-private partnership that we are assisting uh, in the Asian Development Bank to develop. So, for example, we assisted one in Uzbekistan, in uh, one city uh, in the north of uh, Uzbekistan, where we had to um, support the government to prepare um, the future wastewater treatment plan. And so STEP was used to run scenarios uh, for energy consumption and total carbon uh, emission during PPP based on the planning scenarios So we were able to set the KPI with reasonable but aggressive targets, so to assure uh, minimum emissions. So it's really a way to set the long-term energy target, the carbon emission and the chemicals that are used for the project. And to compare it with the benchmark that is defined in the tool, and we were really able to set ambitious targets. And what was very interesting is that, so this project is uh, is now completed and has been selected, and uh, the final energy level considered in the bits were very close than the ones that we we defined with the tool so it's very useful in order to improve carbon efficiency the carbon emission of the water system in asia and the pacific because it's really help to consider the emission on the long-term. So it's really an approach we are developing also in our procurement when we procure projects in ADB. In order, we are really trying to have this strategic and long-term approach. So not only to consider project development and implementation, but really to consider what will be the future operation for the coming 10 or 15 years?
0: In the document that comes with the tool, you're identifying five key axes of improvement for existing plants. You're naming to repair degraded assets, to revamp electrical and mechanical systems, to reduce non-revenue water, to increase automation, and to solve some of the wastewater treatment steps. So that makes five key areas to look at. I'm just looking for the martingale here. So. Would you have one of those which, by experience, is the low-hanging fruit with even more potential than the other ones?
1: Personally, I'm a strong believer of operational expertise. And I really think that you have to demonstrate, as you say, uh, low-hanging fruit on the short term in order to convince everybody. Personally, I think that an operational review of, uh, with a, a really an operational expert can really help to identify low-hanging fruits. And we have some examples, for example, in a project in Georgia, we did a, a demo of the tool in, in one city. And in a in few weeks, just by changing some pumping regimes and by changing some hydraulic technical items of the network, we were really able to show that it was possible to decrease the energy spending by 20 to 30%. When you have electric bills, uh, which are representing um big amounts like few uh, hundred thousands of uh, of euro you can imagine that uh, the the energy spending is uh, is is really significant so i will say this operational expertise is i would say the First one, after personally, I really um, uh, think it's very important to to develop smart systems, CADA systems um, in order to give you some um, uh, monitoring tool on the medium term. So in order to, to monitor your progress after one year, after two years, three years, it's very important to have this monitoring tool because today, of course, it's giving a lot of flexibility and a lot of understanding of the water system. So of course, the digitalization of the water system is is very important. And I will say the third but very important aspect is when you have really uh, this good understanding of your operation, of your system, or of the data collection, then you can really also decide a very smart rehabilitation and the um, and CAPEX uh, plan in order to, to really improve the system on the long term.
0: You mentioned the operational expertise. Is that something which sits within Asian Development Bank? And you have people which, which help on projects with that. Or do you look for partners to be those operational experts.
1: You're right. It's very important to mention that, of course, we are not working um, alone on that. And uh, for this project, for example, it was very important to benefit from the expertise of uh, Ardura International, represented by Mr. Chapin. So it's really a private company who is expert in these aspects of energy optimization and carbon optimization. So you're right. It's very important to build partnerships and to to find uh, the expertise where it is. I have to say that the institution is also trying to include more and more people with a private and their operational expertise, because I think now it's really acknowledged at the higher level that operation and maintenance is really key for the long-term sustainability of the infrastructure. And of course, also to be able to build climate impact on the long term, this operational and maintenance aspect are very important.
0: You mentioned a PPP project before. There are many of these, let's call them new business models. I know they are not brand new, but it's new approaches where you have a split of operation and maintenance, as you mentioned, between the end user and maybe the EPC company or other players. Do you see those new business models booming and being developed? Because actually, that's a way to be future-proof. If a company is responsible for the next 20 years of operation of the plant you're building, chances are that they are also looking at the energy and carbon impacts because they will have to pay directly for the bad designs they might do in the capex phase.
1: You're right. These different contract modalities are also more and more important. So, for example, we have developed in ADB design, build and operate type of contract two, three years ago. So we have developed that in order to engage the operator on the long term and to be also responsible and to benefit from the design decision. So in order to really be able to get the, the fruits of, of his expertise at design stage. So this type of contract has been implemented and is now used in many projects. But we are very interested by the, the fact to propose also standalone operation and maintenance contract. So we are now, this year, we are developing a special template and special contract condition in order to have operation and maintenance contract alone for operators to be able to deliver their, their expertise on the medium to long term regarding operation and maintenance. We think there is really a change in the market and uh, more and more um, clients, more and more government and municipalities are interested by this type of contract. And we hope also that more and more operators will be interested by this type of contract. And I will be very interested also feedback and reaction during the seminar on this type of contract. But I think it's also very linked to this climate ambition, because at the end of the day, you can have the best infrastructure. You can have the, the, the very high technology infrastructure. It's really at operation stage that you are really gaining the result of your investment. And uh, that you are able to minimize uh, the carbon spending, and also to really uh, improve your system, and to keep your system performance on the long term.
0: This operational stage—that's what GWA defined as the handprint. So the the carbon impact of our actions, and not of the goods, which would be the footprint. I'm wondering: in your tool, do you also look at the footprint? Because so far we discuss about the operation, the execution, and how it will behave in the future. I'm wondering across the value chain, so the suppliers which will have to deliver part of that plant, do they also have to adapt to this new realm of energy optimization and carbon impact? And if yes, how can you nudge them to do so with a tool like Steep?
1: Uh, of course, it's really a first step. A Steep is really a, an, an evolving tool. Uh, and it's really to, to start to, to build the concern and to build the 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 appetite on such topics. What we think that the power is really we make it uh, practical uh, in the way that we are really uh, relating uh, this, this climate uh, impact to, uh, to real spending. So it has to be also financially sustainable for, for the user. So that's why we are really using the uh, tool with energy spending. And uh, yes, of course, in the, in the coming evolution, we'll have also to include the, the energy footprint that is included in the, in the project or in the goods, in the materials that are used for the project.
0: I have a curveball question for you because you mentioned digitization. You mentioned how SCADA, smart layers will be will be helping. And Steep is an Excel file. So I'm just wondering, in the age of, of artificial intelligence, modeling, neural networks, y- y- machine learning, I mean, you name it, I can pour so many buzzwords at you. Is it Im- important to still have something sturdy and simple like an excel file
1: we made it um, simple because we really think it's the first step to receive a good understanding in the public sphere so we made it simple so everybody can use it But of course, um, it's also a digital tool in the way that you are really able to collect that and to use it not only from the site, but it's also part of the evolution process. We are considering also to include automatic data, data update or or collection, and it's very linked with the, with the, the process of data monitoring and uh, automatic data collection of the, in, in the process. We think that the first step is really also to make it uh, usable, user-friendly for everybody, and after we'll, uh, we'll have a more sophisticated version.
0: Uh, in your publication, if, if I, I zoom a bit out, you're looking at something which I've already discussed on that microphone with, with some guests, this element that wastewater theoretically contains 7 to 10 times the chemical energy needed to treat it, and that we are With our technologies today, what we do most of the time is that we spend energy to destroy that chemical energy. So we spend energy to destroy energy, which is probably not the most efficient way to treat wastewater. And that's something you address in the publication. You say there might be ways to optimize that and to at least tend towards energy neutral, not tapping into energy positive, which might require additional technologies. I'm just wondering, as an, a development bank, how can you support that transition? And, and do you believe you can really make a dent in that carbon and energy neutral treatment?
1: Yeah, of course, the, the innovation is, uh, is, uh, is really uh, in the private sector hand, uh, they are really the one who, who have this knowledge and this capacity to, to innovate uh, in this aspect. We are mentioning it uh, in the tool because of course for us it's very important perspectives and we really think uh, that it, it should go in, the, in this direction. And if the technology evolves to be able to take all this energy that is contained in the wastewater, it will be really one of the future solutions. Of course, it's a recyclability aspects are, are more and more important in, in all the, the aspects of the, the economies. We can contribute really by helping the introduction of technology more and more in our, in our project, in our bidding documents. For example, in the water project, we are publishing soon a guidance note in order to explain how to use merit points criteria so this is uh, an evaluation method with, which is also opening to uh, technical social climate aspects in the bid evaluation to have a mix of uh, uh, technical and uh, financial criteria in order to really promote uh, the bids which are bringing more technology and more and more innovation on this aspect. So it's really, I think, it's really also our role. It's not only to, to define the solution ourselves, because we don't have really the, the structure to do it, but really to enable the private sector to bring its technology and also to bring value for money. So it's a very important aspect to our project, so to bring value for money by bringing the best technology at the best cost possible.
0: But that best technology, especially in the field of wastewater treatment, which are energy positive or carbon positive, those are still in their baby pants, baby steps, which might also mean that they have some childhood sicknesses. I mean, they are not yet to the same level of maturity than the traditional technologies. How do you support that deployment? Does that mean you do specific pilots to make something targeted to the region and and try to to unleash the potential inside those technologies?
1: Yeah, there are many activities within ADB in order to promote technology and innovation at pilot scale. Also to explain the innovation. So we have different opportunities for the private sector to explain its innovation and its technology. So for example, we have very regularly business opportunity seminar where we explain how to bid to project. And also in cooperation with our constituencies and with the different countries in which we are developing the Business Opportunity Seminar. We are also giving the floor to private sector to present their innovation and their developing technology. So, of course, not all the, the, the technology are mature enough to be included in the project, but I really think it's a process. And um, you find very often a few technologies that were presented uh, a few years ago at pilot or uh, at idea stage, which are now uh, developed in project phase. This phase of cooperation and discussion is very important. Last year, we had about 50 virtual business opportunity seminars. So we are really doing it very regularly. Uh, and you can find it on our website. Uh, all the, the podcasts are related to these events.
0: You started with Steep in 2017, and the first version of Steep was published in 2019. I'm wondering, what is your horizon? When are you ambitioning to to see major dents you're making in, in, in that full carbon neutrality, energy management topic? What is your ambition, and what will tell you that you've succeeded by then?
1: First, we are, so we are very happy to see that it's really it's a, it has been implemented in projects that has, that has a realer uh, uh, materialization on the ground huh, that were really defined uh, using this uh, this approach. Now, so uh, by uh, also reaching um, uh, events like uh, GWS event and, and other type of events, we really hope to have this approach more and more developed in in private or in public projects. I think. What will be um, a very good target is to have this type of approach uh, mainstream in more and more projects in the coming years. But again, I really think we should really be also patient in the way that it needs also some pedagogic, uh, some showcasing uh, in order to demonstrate um, the, the, the effect and the, the impact of such approach. And after, of course, um, we, we hope that it will be um, really mainstream in most of the, the project developed.
0: Finally, let me circle back to, to, to you and to to your path. Actually, you mentioned how you were involved in many places around Asia, but I've seen from from your career that you also were active in Africa, in, in Conakry, or in, in Jeddah, or in, in Dunkerque, even in France. And I'm wondering if you found a red thread in all of those water topics and something which you really noticed as a recurring pattern across the full sector.
1: I think what is really fascinating when you travel on the, all these different countries is that regarding water, um, it's very local uh, local issue and all the, 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 the context are different. But more or less, I think there is not enough consideration yet for this aspect. And we see now that uh, the the water um, issues are also growing in Europe. So it's really aspect that I think should be uh, considered with with more and more uh, seriousness. And we should uh, uh, invest more uh, in the water sector. Because a lot of other aspects of the economy, of the welfare of the population are really linked to the water condition. Sometimes in some condition, in some case where water situation is maybe better for now, it's taken for granted. And what I really advise is that um, such approach as optimizing energy, optimizing water should be taken uh, in all the situation. And also what is very important is that we should make the investment in water sustainable and attractive. And I think this kind of tool is also bringing and building this confidence because I think the uh, investment in water so far have sometimes there is a, a risk associated to that because uh, uh, the different operators and stakeholders might be afraid on the long term uh, consideration. But I think by improving um, the, the efficiency. And the climate impact of uh, of, of the water system—it's really a very good way to attract more and more investment.
0: Thanks a lot for that deep dive. I think it was really fascinating to see all these various aspects of steep and beyond. If that's fine with you, I propose you to to finish with our last sequence, which is the rapid fire questions. Sure. It's time for the rapid-fire questions. So in that last section, I present you with short questions which aim for short answers. Of course, I'm not cutting the microphone, but that's a bit the rule of the game. My first question is, what is the most exciting project you've been working on and why?
1: I have been working in a project in in Jakarta where I was uh, in charge of, um, of uh, improving the water distribution and reducing the, the water losses, and I really find it... Uh, Uh, fantastic because we were able to achieve a short-term result impressive short-term result with a very good uh, team spirit uh, with a local team so it was really a very fantastic memory can you name one thing that you've learned the hard way i think the what you learn the hard way is to be more to listen more everybody's point of view when you build a project uh, especially as myself when you work in a multi- multicultural context, you have really to learn to listen and uh, to, to consider the other the other's uh, perspective. sometimes you can be a little bit too confident of yourself and it's really uh, something that uh, that I learned during all this year. sometimes the hard way <laughs> it's really to to learn and to, uh, to, to to listen to the others.
0: Is there something that you are doing today in your job that you will not be doing in 10 years?
1: It's a good question. I hope that everything that is uh, related to digital, to data compilation, that sometimes time management will be much more easier and much more standardized that we will receive automatically, for example, or all the energy consumption, all the water consumption, all the, a lot, a lot of, or much more data, which will really help us to have, to be even more efficient uh, in the way we, uh, we preserve and we improve the, the, the water resources.
0: What is the trend to watch out for in the water sector?
1: I think the very important trend is, is the water quality. I think we are not even speaking uh, about water quality, and I think it's something we should, especially in developing countries, it's really something we should uh, more and more consider either water quality or wastewater quality because it's the wastewater quality also uh, impacts the, the, the treatment efficiency and the water quality because. Of course, there is something we are doing uh, in Europe that is uh, a day-to-day habit: is to drink from the tap. And I really, I, I really think it's very important also to bring this kind of uh, of ability in our developing countries to to be able to drink from the tap.
0: If you were a world political leader, what would be your first action to influence the fate of the world's water oh, challenges? Uh,
1: I think uh, I will definitely. Um, Im- increase uh, the investment uh, level in water, because I think it's really important in uh, in many cases, uh, let's say in all the cases, but by also uh, giving some barriers in the way that these this projects are implementing, implemented and also uh, by making sure that tools uh, like t- steeps, uh, like this type of uh, for optimi- optimization and, uh, and smart approach uh, are used to really make sure the investments are efficient. I think it's 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 really important uh, to make sure that all the invest investments bring uh, value for money where, where, whatever, wherever they are made.
0: And finally, you've been. A fantastic guest. So I have to ask, would you have someone else to recommend me that I should definitely invite on that same microphone?
1: You have been really also a very good animator for this session. So really thank you for for your session. I hope it was interesting for everybody. Of course, there are, you have many, many patient people in the water sector. So I have many, many colleagues who are very interesting to listen to. Our leader in the water sector group in ADB, Neta Pokrel, I think she's very interesting to, to listen to because she has a lot of exper- experience and expertise. So it's really someone you could interview maybe in the coming uh, coming days or weeks.
0: Thanks a lot for the recommendation. And if people want to follow up with you after that session, where shall I redirect them the best?
1: So I will be, of course, uh, pre- present in the GWS event. And if no, uh, I can be contacted by email sbesadi at adb.org and uh, I will be really happy to answer any question or to continue the conversation.
0: Of course, the the link will be in the show notes as well. Stefan, thanks a lot. It was really a pleasure to have the discussion with you and yeah, we'll be on that same panel at Global Water Summit. So I'm looking forward to seeing all of you at that special event and to get a bit the feeling from also the utilities before and the rest of the value chain after us to see how that full sector is aligning towards zero carbon and and reduced energy consumption. So thanks a lot and see you soon. Thank you very much, Antoine. Thanks for listening to Don't Waste Water. This podcast was brought to you by GF Piping Systems. Loved this episode? Head over to Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate and leave a review. See you next time.